Welcome to Talking Agility, a podcast from Accenture. Your host is Elitza Necheva. We've spoken quite a bit in this podcast about making agility a strategic imperative and priority for the business. We've talked about how the financial services landscape is changing and what this means for the workforce. But change often brings us certainty and fear. So how do you manage anxiety when disruption, risks and job insecurity are commonplace? Well, today's guest recently released some compelling and very interesting research on how fear and anxiety is holding us back and what we can do about it. Edwin van der Odeira is the global lead for Accenture Digital in Financial Services. We've reached him today all the way in Sydney. Hi, Edwin. Welcome to Talking Agility. It's a real pleasure having you today with us. Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. And uh, my second guest um, is Andy Ank, and I'm really pleased to welcome Andy back. Andy is a managing director and global agile organization lead with Accenture's financial services Dalton organization. Andy is in London today. Welcome back, Andy. It's great to be back, Ellie. Looking forward to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Let's start with this new paper Accenture has just released. It is named Fearless, how safety and trust can help financial services thrive even during disruption and transformational change. In the summary, you ask some really relevant questions such as, do you, your people, or your leaders fear the future? How do you manage workforce anxiety within financial services when disruption, risks, and job insecurity are commonplace? All so very relevant to today's environment. So with those in mind, Let's talk about the research behind the paper and what it tells us with regards to these questions. Sure. So um, this piece of work has been done um, very much in collaboration with Edwin and uh, two of our colleagues, Monica Janager and and, and Diana Barea as well. Mm -hmm. And just to briefly set the scene, you know, we've we've heard on previous podcasts and I know that we'll talk a bit more about it today. There's there's a huge amount of disruption going on um, in the world, um, not least driven by technology, but not exclusively so. And with that comes uncertainty and risk about the future. And, you know, that naturally carries a level of of um, fear and insecurity for people. What we found when we um, studied the FS workforce, we spoke to uh, about 800 executives, but, but more importantly, we spoke to about 5,000 um, workers within the industry. And um, what really came out in the results was a very high level of fear and anxiety within the workforce. Um, why is that important? Well, first of all, we know, you know, because of the science around how people change behavior and how people learn that you know, fear and anxiety um, can, can cause problems during, you know, big, big change. Mm-hmm. Um, it, can, it can really kind of get in the way of, of learning and change. Um, but we also know from our um, data set around transformation that you know, 85% of the transformations that fail do so because of issues of trust in the organization so broken organization dynamics that were there before we even started transformation so you know these are quite natural things to see at a time of big change but certainly things that um we'd want to you know act on ahead of time with 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 our Mm -hmm. clients and edwin from your 
with your digital hat on, what is your point of view on this? Yeah, I think overall, I think it was really time somebody did this study. Um, I think it's uh, probably the most comprehensive study that's been done on this subject so far. Uh, but there's been these uh, 800 people, uh, these executives uh, interviewed. We have the uh, uh, what is called the, uh, uh, the transformation GPS tool uh, that is used for um, in during change to assess people that uh, of which aggregated data has been used bottom up uh, which makes it probably one of the the, the, the most uh, um, yeah solid uh, studies of this kind and I think it was uh, necessary to do that because I'm every day discussing with uh, executives about uh, the, the challenges that they face with their transformations. You know, and and you know, we're getting even more in a disruptive environment now, where the 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 change that's going to come in the future, the transformations will be even faster and 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 more more critical in how they get executed. And and it's clear that, uh, like Andy says, that the human factor in all of this is at the end of the day the most important one, and that we need to get that right. Um, and therefore, it's important to really analyze very well what is going on and and uh, what the different dimensions are the human dimensions and how to deal with them and just to mention as well for our listeners um the for the survey for this uh, research paper um which also includes information from our transformation gps analytics tool 800 financial services execs were interviewed and uh, kind of the basis for this research paper is the fact that 76% said that employees inability to adapt to change was one of the biggest barriers to their change programs and therefore also um revealing that fear and anxiety are really significant Significant negative drivers that have material impact on the business. So, um, where is this fear coming from? From uh, from the research that you that has been done, and also from your um, impressions from working with uh, the C-suite in the industry and and clients across Accenture. Sorry, I think the you know it's it's very important we put it in context. So, FS as a whole using transformation GPS and particularly the work of uses is in a state called yes but which is i quite like it it's got a kind of it says what it does on the tin it's yes we agree with the vision we agree with kind of where the leaders are taking us but there's a concern there's a there's there's a something Mm -hmm. holding us back and that's really where i think this where we need to put you know fear in in context it's about people having an uncertainty about what the future even if they're optimistic about it they've got a fear as well about what that future might mean for them whether that's about um, job losses or about their the, the relevance of their skills in the future, or what you know where they may play in the organisation sure. in the future, and that's not that surprising. We know quite a lot of the you know digital efforts in the industry at the moment are still quite focused on you know cost and efficiency over you know growth and over people, as as um, as Edwin said. Um, so you know I think those anxieties and fears are, are quite normal, and certainly in the qualitative. Um, responses we got mm-hmm. from workers that was what that was what came out quite strongly is about you know am I going to be relevant you know what's mm-hmm. my job going to look like will I have a job sure. in the future Edwin I don't know whether there's anything else you want to add there yeah well we'll explore it further in detail but I think it it, it really goes like you said to the core and and we see that really also in in the in the conversations on the in the field with the people it really goes to the core of the anxieties that people have in general about their life you know at the end of the day 
people want to feel that they have uh, job security it doesn't necessarily mean in that specific job at that place and that place and time but can i be employable you know if i would lose my job or if my job becomes redundant and i can i do something else you know am i still a relevant person you know because there's so mm-hmm. much change happening and uh, and and we're all a bit insecure to some extent in ourselves so it's that but that gets aggravated of course, with all the change that's happening, and that shows itself in many, many ways, in the, in the stress levels. It shows itself in 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 the, how people, you know, the, in the productivity, in how people react mm-hmm. in when they're in groups, in in the way they can embrace change, you know, in in, in many, many different ways. And I think uh, what's so great about this study is that it kind of it, it analyzes all of those aspects and it, and it gives us a, a clear diagnostic and, and, and good actions to, to on how to make things better. That is very interesting. And we we'll certainly will post the link to the survey uh, and to this research paper as well within our episode. Um, switching gears a little bit, what exactly um, are we talking about when we say fear and anxiety? And what is what is going on for people? What are the aspects of fear and anxiety that you see? So, um, like simply, fear is a a defensive response when we perceive a threat in our environment. And as Edwin said, you know, historically that might have been physical threat. You know, the saber toothed tigers out on the savanna. Yeah. Um, but more likely now, it's, uh, it's a you know a social or a a political threat um, in in work that would cause that reaction for us. And and there's there's three commonplace reactions that happen. One is we fight. Second, that we 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 flee. Or thirdly, that we freeze. And all, all three are kind of destructive in an environment where we want to be more creative and agile, and where we want to see change happen. You know, in in the fight instance you end up with conflict and aggression in the in the flight instance you see people running away from the real challenges in work and the free situation you see people keeping their you know their heads down or or kind of you know um, not moving and this is really just the instinctive brain our old brain taking over Mm -hmm. you know typically we make hastier decisions we take uncalculated risks you know we might um others may avoid risk um so all those things are quite are quite you know bad in an fs context in particular but they aren't they are natural human emotions that's the, there's no getting away from um we all have our fears and anxieties as, as edwin said but just the challenge is we, we need we need to help um people individually in our organizations deal with them with them better as a financial services industry at the moment you know if we, if we can get it right we've got you know great gains in terms of innovation in terms of problem solving collaboration everything that we need for a truly agile business um, but we do need to address that uh, that fear and anxiety first. Mm-hmm. Edwin, what, what have you seen across the C-suite for this? Well, yeah, so I think, uh, uh, like Annie says, I think there is a lot of that uh, prim- primeval um, uh, fear and anxiety coming up in, in, in people. Um, and, and I think, you know, often it's because... It's because of the context that has been set, um, and I think you know so there's so much change happening, but there is often a negative narrative around mm, that change. Yeah. Whereas when you think about it, it's actually all positive change. In uh, it's about the fact that uh, you know we can make financial services better, we can make them more relevant, more personalized. They become 
they, they become real time. They become in the moment. You know, there's all these things that are really happening. But as a result of that, there is vast change in how things are done. And nothing is the same anymore. Um, for lots of tasks, we need much less people because they'll be done automatically. But at the same time, we'll need lo- lots of new people or, 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 or you know, or, or people, the same people doing different things, totally different things. Um, in a new context, uh, in order to do all these positive things, and and uh, what we see is that uh, both the executives and and then the, the the lower management levels that feel the pressure for the cost cutting and so on, and for for bringing in the change, and then the people themselves, everybody that's locked into a negative narrative where negative words are being used to describe the situation, and then that starts fueling all that uh, that, uh, that 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 in that that fear inside of people and, you know, um, and, and I think that's an important thing that we need to recognize and, and change. So to get people to uh, understand uh, that this is about yeah. positive things um, and, you know, and that there is a positive future there for themselves too. Absolutely. And, and I think just, just, just to pick up on that point, I think some of the, as you say, the fears are, are while they're real, they, they're human emotions, they're misplaced. Actually, yeah. you know, the, 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 there is huge potential for job creation and for augmentation of human work with technology here. And, you know, the, the, the research we took to Davos um, last year that predates this, you know, talks to that, you know, this idea that we've got, you know, two thirds of the industry that see job creation and growth through the application of uh, of AI and, and other intelligent technologies. And a workforce is actually keen to reskill but but actually a really low level of of reinvestment in reskilling so if you want to help people get over those fears we need to give them the you know the platform the opportunity to 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 new skill for the future and that way they can feel relevant and confident without that uh, i think it's um i think we're missing a trick on how we connect the human and the technology side of the digital transformation This is Talking Agility. Send us your feedback at Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility. Jumping on to my next question, because this is a really fascinating topic. How would we get to the opposite of fear? I think this question for me is a little bit twofold. So how do we build a psychological safety? And then also, how do we build trust in ourselves as leaders, as team members, and also importantly for our employees? Trust and psychological safety are effectively the antidotes to fear. When you see very, very high trust organizations or teams with very, very strong psychological safety, you'll see um, exceptionally good innovation and creative behaviors you'll see phenomenal problem solving not just at a, at a workaround level but down to root cause you'll see a lot of learning and improvement type behaviors and fundamentally you'll see an, an organization and a set of people who are actually able to change their minds and sets and behaviors mm-hmm. relatively easily these are where you see these characteristics they're often tied to the high performance groups that we see inside transformation gps and they're they're the teams that you know you give them a bit of change the performance goes up you give them some more change the performance carries on going up actually they thrive on um on fast-paced change yeah and and they're two slightly different concepts i think it's important for us to make sure we don't conflate them you know trust is that reciprocal emotion you know i trust you you trust me 
more the more I feel trusted, the more I'm likely to trust you. That reciprocal emotion that we build with leaders and with with the organisation as an entity, we do that through repeated action experience versus the psychological safety that we see at a team level. Um, and that that's that team level is super important at the moment because we know we know that's where the magic happens from an agile perspective. Um, and actually, if we're not able to be ourselves in our teams, if we're not, if we don't feel safe to speak up to share a half-formed idea, then actually, just the performance doesn't flow in in teams. No matter how self-empowered you make them, no matter how many different structural things you make, if it's not a safe environment, then people just just can't perform. So we want to be thinking about trust at a kind of leadership and organisational level, but also then how we're we building really safe teams for people to be effective in. And I, I like mm-hmm. kind of thinking about it at these two levels. Yeah, I think it's good to uh, to split it up in those two levels. Uh, indeed, um, I always have to smile when people talk about the fail fast uh, concept, right? <laughs> because I always think like, I don't really want to fail. <laughs> and I certainly don't want to crash and burn very quickly, <laughs> if that's how to interpret fail fast. Um, uh, so it is a bit of a, a funny, funny expression. Um, of course, that's not what it, what they mean. It, what they mean is that, you know, you, you should be allowed that safe environment where we can experiment, we can try things. Uh, it's okay. We're in the unknown. So nobody will get it right the first time, but it's, you know, when you fail, you get up on your knees again and you, you, you move on again. It's that kind of thing. And, 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 uh, but that's kind of totally counter against the culture that we've had now since tens and tens, if not hundreds of years in financial services and in many, many organizations in general. So it's a bit, uh, you know, it takes a bit of time before people start realizing that things can be different and, and, and it's uh, not easy for any organization nor for any of the management layers to change their behavior so that they can really allow these things to happen. You know, I hear so many times when I go into these digital factories that our clients have where they've got all these squats uh, all happily sprinting away that people actually then tell me, you know, uh, of the record, like, yeah, but, you know, still, (laughs) um, you know, we need to to sprint, but it's almost like an obligation to arrive to a result which can then be – where we can declare success because if we don't declare success, then we're in that fail fast zone and, and then people are not confident that, uh, that this will go well. Uh, and it's very important to uh, establish that trust uh, and that safety feeling. Sure. So there is, there is the point of confidence as well, kind of establishing that confidence in between the teams. And I think in the paper, um, there is a really nice example um, how a team at Google um, found that psychological safety was actually the most important and underpinning factor in the performance of over 150 teams, which created sort of the uh, basis for meaningful work and uh, belief and confidence in what the work um what the impact of the work they were doing had. So that that's a very interesting parallel to what you were just mentioning. And just out of curiosity, are there any examples where you've seen in your practice teams who actually have the psychological safety, who actually trust um, each other and their leaders and who are working into that sort of high-performing um, environment that uh, you mentioned? I'd go beyond that. I'd say every <laughs> single high, really yeah. high-performing team I've ever been part of have felt safe with each other. Like, you know, and, and particularly where you've got a diverse team, whether that, you know, we, we work a lot internationally in Accenture, um, you know, where people feel, 
you know comfortable across you know international boundaries especially when you're on the end of a video conference they feel comfortable speaking up and and sharing something mm -hmm. and you know that's where the performance you unlock the performance of diversity but I said, yeah, I'd say kind of every, <laughs> pretty much every high performance team I think about, I'm going kind of going back to my mental list of ones I've been really proud to be part of. That they've all been, they've all felt like safe and fun and collegiate environments where people have been able to be themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna not gonna name any specific companies, but I can so think of a number of some large of the large banks that are very famous for the digital work and and that are that have that are rewarded by by uh, the market in terms of the share price. And some of the top insurance companies that have done very good digital transformations, where where when you 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 can kind of sense it immediately when you come in there and you you go to these mm -hmm. places where they do their transformation work, there is a positive vibe, you know. It's 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 at the same. There is there is always has to be a bit of a stress level because you know without stress we wouldn't get out of bed that kind of thing. <laughs> but you need to. But it's like a positive stress. There's like a positive energy and a vibe. And, 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 and it's fun and people, you know, it, it's, there is not even a question of, of f fail fast. It's more dare to experiment. It's fun to experiment. Let's try this. Let's pioneer yeah. that. Oh, it yeah. didn't work. Oh, why didn't it work? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, we learned something, you know, that reflex when all of that is there then uh, those are always the ones where, where, where things get done. And I just wanted to add one point to that, as in the counterpoint to the fear uh, that gets created is the enthusiasm mm -hmm. and the passion. Mm -hmm. Those places exude passion. And everybody, you know, passion is, a, is, is a addictive and infective, <laughs> if that's the right word to use. So people will, will pick that up. Uh, so if the leaders show that, you know, and then the squad leaders underneath and, you know, and some of the squads do it already or some of the tribes, the others will pick it up and they will say, oh, we want to be like that. Absolutely. And then uh, and then soon everybody is in that mode. And that's when real magic starts to happen. Yeah, it's contagious. And I think in the. Yeah, in the earlier episode, which I referred to earlier, we spoke about um, from that passion, Edwin, that you mentioned, obviously, mm. that's a positive feeling. And that has a, a, an impact on the brain, whereby um, endorphins are released. So therefore, it kind of uh, completely lifts the human experiences. So from a psychological perspective, there is a lot to do or a lot to say about this, this the passion and the criticality of the passion in the work it's, it's what sit, and it's what sits behind trust <laughs> oxytocin is much uh, much overhyped as a as a thing but you know the, the love hormone but we know if we there's been loads of studies done into yeah. you know people in high oxytocin states um trust more so actually this the, you end up with this reciprocal relationship going on you know inside the brain but also inside you know team behavior these are these are learned behaviors and as edwin said you can you can learn that off you know enthusiastic you know strong mm -hmm. leaders who are mm -hmm. kind of really helping you know, you know you on the journey or, or off other yeah. team members or off other teams um it is infectious for sure absolutely and i think uh just to give our listeners a little bit of a sneak preview of what they can uncover in this uh report based on the high trusting companies um have reported 74 percent less stress 29% more satisfaction with um, employees' lives, 106% more energy at work, 40% less burnout, 
50% high productivity. I mean, these are some incredible statistics. So absolutely high trusting um, employees and, and high trust within a team can lead to some really, really positive, incredible changes for the team and also how, how an individual feels as part of a team. So um, sadly, I've come to my last question. Um, everything that we have said so far makes really good sense and evidence is incredibly clear and I would encourage our listeners to actually spend some time looking through the report in the new study but changing a culture is easier said than done I think we have found and we've agreed on so where should financial services leaders start to build trust and get beyond the yes but uh, transformation GPS change state that we've seen they are at the moment well Elliot say to start with I think you need to understand trust properly in your own organization because it's you know culture and things like trust are never evenly spread across an organization and you'll find different teams in different places so I think that's first and foremost is there's a bit of understanding and I'd really encourage people to use data um, you know whether that's transformation GPS or another piece of analytics to really understand what's going on Mm -hmm. in terms of practical steps that can be taken I think spending time giving leadership space to, to to build trust with their people Mm -hmm. And by that, I don't mean just the CEO and the executive team. I mean, you know, through the organization, because those local leaders spending time on building trust is going to have, you know, 100 times the impact of any, you know, well-worded corporate emails that get sent out. The second thing I'd go to would be giving people time and space to adjust to new behaviors, adjust to new mindsets, adjust to new skills. You know, we've got to recognize that these things are... um, you know, habits that get reformed and take time to be reformed. And and we need a safe space to do that in. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I think then that investment in in building up safe teams and building up trust across the organization um, will be the last place I'd go. Just, you know, a really positive effort alongside the digital transformation, alongside the agile transformation, you know, deliberately tracking and building up safety and trust over time. Edwin, what what else would you add? Yeah, I mean, uh, we could talk about this all day. Uh, there's so much in this report and there's so many things in it. It's such an important topic. But uh, uh, what I would just add as some of the most important things on top for the moment is uh, a phrase that really caught my imagination when I heard of one of the clients is leave no one behind. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because it addresses that point, that, that, in, that fear we all have somewhere that at some point we're not going to be relevant or not good enough or, or so. And if there is either the spoken or the unspoken, but clearly understood promise from the top down to the floor that, you know, we're all in it together. We're all going to, there's a massive change and everybody will, will have to adapt, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it together and we will, we will help everybody, you know, and everybody will have relevant jobs and skill sets for the future. And we're going to do this in a way where it's fun and it's not a, it's not some uh, forced thing. I think that makes a huge difference because then a lot of the pressure goes away and then then it's more like, oh, wow, I'm going to learn stuff actually rather than, oh, I might not be relevant anymore, which is the total opposite. I think that's really important. And and another thing to to conclude that that related to that is what I thought was really fantastic in the report is this concept of grit. As these teams that uh, uh, Andy was talking about, as they form and and they get creative and they do lots of stuff and they know they can experiment and they're safe, as the, all of that, that confidence is built up, you can make, you can actually 
uh, ensure that these teams develop what we call grit, you know, that resilience, because there is difficult change to do and difficult, sometimes just technically difficult things to do, um, which can be passionate and exciting. And, and as, as we have to go through these uh, big changes, these teams can build that form of grit and resilience you know, a bit like pioneers going through the Wild West and surviving and, and, and you know, in a big, good team spirit, do stuff. Uh, and, and, and then they can be proud of what they achieve, you know. That, that kind of grit, if you can build that into the teams, I think is uh, absolutely uh, uh, fundamental to success. Absolutely perfect. And I think we found uh, the metaphor for this episode, the pioneers in the Wild West. <laughs> Thank you both very much. There is so much to cover on the topic of overcoming fear and building trust. And uh, we're definitely going to post this new research on our Talking Agility website and along with my blog, um, as well as Andy's blog. I really, really enjoyed the conversation and the topic with you. So thank you very much for taking the time and sharing your insights on today's episode. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ali. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, Ellie. There is so much more to cover on this topic of overcoming fear, building trust and psychological safety. We'll post the new research paper at Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility, where you will find also a link to Andy's blog and mine too, covering some of my favorite takeaways from today's discussion, as well as some important key takeaways which Andy and Edwin focused on. If you enjoyed this topic, please visit our archives, we've got about 10 episodes for you and subscribe of course to your favorite podcast platform and rate us so we can reach a larger audience thank you very much for tuning in and until next time 